Namaskara. This is Varsha Nadek and you're listening to the Live and Learn Goal podcast. Welcome. My guest today is Bhavna, aka The Modern Desi Company on Instagram. I found her on Instagram discovery a while ago. One quick look at her posts and I followed. I like her posts as well as her captions. She writes beautifully about emotions and about food. Her passion for all things food reflects in almost every post. I really enjoyed speaking to her and getting to know her a little bit through our conversation. Although she lives in Sydney and Mumbai and is elusive by choice, she is indeed lovely to talk to and her insights and taste in music and books is fascinating at least for me and best of all i think she represents her business the modern desi company perfectly i hope you enjoy listening to her speak as much as i did thank you so much first of all for agreeing to do this podcast on a busy day especially uh, really appreciate you taking time happy to go with the flow and take okay. it from there all right i followed you on instagram and that's how i came to know about you and i really liked your content so i thought i'll reach out and invite you to be uh, my guest on this podcast and so that's about what i know what i know is from instagram and what you used <laughs> to share uh, but since uh, i'm really interested in what you do and you know how or what you share on instagram or other social media platforms i wanted to start uh, by knowing you a little bit from your childhood if you could share about a little bit about your growing up years and what do you do and all of that so i was first of all thank you for having me on your podcast um i'm bhavna and i run a instagram account called the modern desi it used to be earlier called just a girl from mumbai but uh, I'm no longer just a girl from Mumbai. I also now have an Australian identity because I've been here for so long. So I thought it was important to have some kind of a you know overlap between both these identities. Uh so that's why modern desi happened. And um I was born in a very small town outside of uh, Mumbai called Ulhasnagar. Ulhasnagar is a town that was created as a refugee town for the refugees that came from Sindh in Pakistan after the India Pakistan partition. So I I'm a Punjabi originally but uh by birth not originally yes I'm an original Punjabi but uh I I'm a Punjabi by birth but raised in Ulhasnagar so grew up eating a lot of Sindhi food as well and then uh, my mother's best friend was a Bengali so I ate a lot of Bengali food so growing up you know these three cuisines became sort of an identity um I studied arts I'm a arts I've done my postgraduate in literature so um you know I read love and I think I only did my postgraduation because I could read books <laughs> I think if it was any other subject I would have not done it but it was just so easy to read books and you know uh, that I thought okay literature literature works really well for me So yeah I grew up in a small family my grandfather till he was alive lived with us and then my parents and my brother 
Um, and yeah, that's that's really it about my childhood. I, I was I didn't have a very exciting childhood, unfortunately or fortunately. I grew up in the 80s, early 90s. So, you know, we grew up in a time where there was no mobile phone. So you actually went out and hung around with people. You actually talked to people. You, you know, your your neighbors could beat you up if you were being naughty and your parents wouldn't say anything to you. So, you know, grew up, grew up in that era where everything had a value associated with it like you never wasted food you thought twice before going somewhere everything was new and there was a sense of excitement like i find that nowadays there's no sense of excitement and wonder um but you know we we were the people we saw the first color television we saw the first satellite channel we saw the first mobile phone so first computer so we've seen a lot of firsts so that's the kind of childhood i've had um so not very exciting but yeah i think exciting as well because when i'm just telling you this i think there's so many firsts that never thought you know like never thought would happen but yeah so that's that's a little bit of me thanks nice. uh, and i identify with a lot of those things uh, <laughs> I'm probably a little older than you I don't know I don't want to ask your age but I'll tell you I'm 42 years old so and I'm also 42 so so, oh, yeah. so I think yeah same uh, same yeah, era same, I think we talked about the same era yeah same era same things going out and playing and talking to people um you did you mentioned a few things there but wasn't very exciting childhood but if you reflect a little bit more if we stay with this topic for a bit more mm. what memories stand out or just uh, what snapshots come to mind when you think back what were your influences what were you reading uh influences i think you know uh, nowadays there is a word called influencer that's very common you know everyone is some sort of an influencer i don't think i am uh, i don't think I think we can encourage people they can look at us and probably want something that we have but I don't know whether I have the power to influence someone but when I was growing up definitely there were people who I wanted or I aspired to be you know so that for example when we were growing up Kiran Bedi was I don't know if people of today's generation remember Kiran Bedi but man I wanted to be her you know so she was this amazing woman you know in the police the and she stuff and was no nonsense a woman who was standing up for herself and her rights so that was like very uh exciting uh you know we want i remember writing an essay in school about who i wanted to be and i wanted to be kiran bedi um that obviously never happened but <laughs> that's what i wanted to be i not so much at the moment i'm in a little bit of a slum but i was a voracious reader i grew up uh, the school that i went to had a huge library and i always credit my parents uh, especially my mother for enrolling me in this school the school was in a different suburb than ours and it was a 30 minute or i think 40 minute rickshaw ride which is quite uncommon nowadays because nowadays parents uh, put children in school which is closer to their suburb so we went quite far so i used to live in ulhasnagar and we used to go to kalyan for school which was a different suburb altogether and uh, the school that i went to for its time uh, it was run by catholic nuns but the library was massive and i spent some of my happiest memories of school in the library i was not a very good uh, i was not into sports at all 
and up until I think I was in standard eighth or ninth, I didn't have a lot of friends either. I was sort of a loner. Um, it was really in the night after ninth standard, I blossomed a little bit and made some friends. But I used to go and spend all my time in in the library. And one of my fondest memory is that a lot of girls in my class used to not like reading. So we used to be given library books in the order of our surname. So what I would do is every week when we used to have a library period and whoever was going to get books that week, I would I had figured out who the girl was and that fact that she didn't like reading so I would actually go up and beg to them and say this is my list of books that I want can you can you get them for me and I remember coming home in the rickshaw you know my hands full of books and in those days books were also very light the ones especially I read uh, you know growing up in a small town not having parents I mean my dad read a lot but my dad used to read Hindi novels and uh, um so my influences were Enid Blyton. I used to read a lot of Nancy Drew, Hardy Boys. I used to read a lot of fairy tales. So for the longest time, I believe that there were fairies and I used to look around for fairies and hoping I would spot one somewhere behind some mushroom growing in my garden. So so those were the influences, just you know, reading books and it, it took me to places I had never been. So for a small town girl sitting in Ulhasnagar reading a story about Joe, Bessie and Fanny who were somewhere in England in this, uh, you know, in this magical forest and going to this netherland, you know, up in the, up in the, you know, air. That was just exciting, right? So it really broadened my horizons. I really wanted to be one of those kids who, who, you know, traveled and who did things and who ate scones for breakfast and had tea. So those were the early influences of my life, to be honest. Uh, very simple, I think. Uh, not not too, it was just a simple life, actually. Yeah, interesting. And I think some of those things stay with you, right? The appreciation for cold weather or tea. I Definitely. Or, or all those Definitely. nostalgic comforts whatever feelings of uh, the English countryside. Things that remind you, yeah. So, so, so when I finally did go to England, I realized how cold England really is. Yeah. <laughs> Especially from someone who grew up in a city where we only had one sweater because it was hardly ever cold. And because we went to school in the morning, we had to wear this red color sweater that the school had mandated. And that's it. We went to Delhi for to see our family for summer. So it's, Cold never was a thing for us. And suddenly you go to UK and it's cold. So yeah. it was it was interesting. It was really I interesting. Think, I think when you're in a warm weather, I mean, when sitting in a place where it's warm and thinking of colder versions and vice versa, I think it's always nice when you're sitting inside yeah. the AC and driving somewhere and it's hot outside. It, it feels nice. Yeah. Look at the clouds, look yeah. at the forest, but then... Yeah. step out is when you feel other yeah, true, true true thanks for sharing that uh, that gives that also brings back memories for me because th- those were similar things uh, but i'm sure i didn't read as much as you but do you remember a serial or a show named udan which was based on yes which was on kiran bedi's yes yeah kiran bedi's life I share your sentiment when I saw that show and I I had decided to become a cop and when I when it in when I realized that it involved a lot of physical hard work I said, studying, and, okay. studying. <laughs> and studying and <laughs> studying yeah same here 
but it was just beautiful. That show was, I remember that show. It was such a wonderful show. And yeah. it was so inspiring to watch it. And now I struggle to, con- I mean, I think I'm becoming very old and jaded and maybe very grumpy. But I can't connect with that I see, at least in India. But yeah, um, yeah on those but- days, it was amazing. It was iconic. I mean, However, she, she, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was saying earlier, I mentioned it was on, I don't think it was on Kiran Bedi. I think uh, she was, it was on the DJP Kanchan Chaudhary, who was the first DJP, uh, first woman DJP, uh, which was Director General of Police. So I, I think, yeah, that's, that's. Oh, I didn't and, know and Kiran, that. I thought it yeah. was based on Kiran Bedi. I, I, even I thought that, but I, I don't know, for some reason, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, interesting to uh, watch that. I remember that. It was so amazing, you know. It was when there were so few icons, say, or examples of a powerful or a successful woman. Correct. She was was one of those very few ones who you could look up to. And an alternate profession where uh, where you could think of, otherwise there was nothing to look look forward exactly. to. Really. Yeah. Exactly. So now you just mentioned that you're growing old and jaded. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's something that, that's a natural realization everybody gets once they yeah. are over yeah. thirty eight. I feel like uh, yeah, start totally. sleeping in. Uh, there's a lot of filtering that happens. Then you are very clear as to what you like, what you don't like, what you care for, what exactly. you don't care for. Mm-hmm. So can you share your thoughts about the passions you followed after you grew up, what you wanted to do when you were a kid, but didn't do it. And then you grew up, you went, you did probably you chose a profession that you wanted to get into, but then now you also have a business, which I'm sure came from a place of uh, passion that you want, always wanted to follow. So when did you start your business? How did you follow this passion? I see on your, you know, social media, whatever you share, I see that you have a lot of books, you read a lot, you listen to music, because some of the suggestions about music are really good. Are those also your passions? And can you talk? Yes, definitely. So I think for me, like books, obviously, most important thing, I really treasure my books. And uh, every book that you see in my bookshelf uh, is painstakingly chosen. I don't choose books just for the sake of it. I will never walk into a bookstore or a, you know, uh, like one of those uh, airport bookshops and just pick up a book. I, I take time. So I have a method to the madness. I will review books. I'll read about them before I invest in them because books are an investment and you definitely need to make the right choice having said that I have picked up some terrible books as well but yeah so books definitely I enjoy reading I enjoy writing as well I don't think I'm a very good writer like I have no um, I'm not diligent as far as writing is concerned most of my writings for which people really comment and tell me that they loved what I wrote just comes naturally like I'm just sitting in the evening I'm tired I'm sitting and I'm thinking of something a thought comes to my mind I start writing about it and somehow it comes out the way it does and a lot of times I will publish the post and then go back and edit it because I realize I've made a grammatical mistake or I've missed something and so on. So writing is a passion, but it's not 
like a passion that I'm following with a lot of intensity or a lot of uh, diligence. Food, um, you know, when I moved to um, Australia many years ago, I like, you know, when you're in India, especially when I was growing up, I grew up and and again, this is a, a period where as a middle class Indian none of my mother's friends or even my mother we there was no such concept of dieting no one dieted like i had i didn't know any single person when i was growing up who was on a diet unless they were sick and they had to follow a special diet for that illness uh, so we grew up in a time where you just ate food like you really ate food right and yeah. Food had that memory associated with it. So like, you know, I liked something because my mother made it. There was something an auntie made, which we enjoyed. So dishes had memories and you ate what was served to you, right? You had no yeah. choice. Even when I moved away from home, I ate whatever I could afford to eat. And, you know, it was, it's still food. Like, for example, Idli Sambar. I remember moving to Bandra from Ulasnagar for the first time for for my work and I used to live on idli sambar like because it was cheap it was delicious it was comforting and even now for a Punjabi a North Indian I found like idli sambar or a South Indian meal like really really comforting and then I moved to Australia I've, in India again I had I had I had help I had a cook sometimes also when I didn't have a cook you could just order from outside like it is so easy in India to get food from outside. Uh, in Australia, that's not the case, especially if you're a vegetarian, you struggle like, and I really struggle to connect with the food here. Uh, so I felt sick and my only, the only way to feel better was go back to my roots and my roots were roti, dal, chawal, and you know, all of that. So I started cooking, talking about it and it just grew. And for some reason, these were the early days of Instagram where people really read what you were writing, where your post, if you wrote well or you did well, your post reached a growth organically. Unlike now where you have to dance to cook, to show something that you're cooking or you have to, you know, buy people are buying followers not that it's wrong in for yeah. in any way you know you have to do what you have to do to sustain it just doesn't work for me you know uh, it, it's not something I can do uh, so so I just wrote a lot and it just grew to a point where I started to think how do I get out of Instagram because I had also reached a point where it had become toxic for me like I was wasting too much time I was interacting with people uh, that was not the interactions were not very healthy and it came to a point where it's like okay either I delete my Instagram account and everything that I've written and the equity that I had built with the people who were so invested in what I wrote or I do something with it and with that thought I started doing pop-up dinners and then COVID happened and then then we started doing cooking classes and it's now been two and a half years and I have expanded my business into uh, bespoke and standard cooking classes. So we do both online and face-to-face class. We are the only Indian uh, school, cooking school in Sydney. I can't call myself a cooking school, but like an Indian Indian cooking school that's run by an Indian. Um, I very passionately teach people that Indian food is more than butter chicken and naan. Like hardly any Indian makes butter chicken and naan at home. <laughs> and uh, what they see over here is not even one percent of what Indian food really is right like every time I travel to India I try to eat uh food that's local as well just to 
expand my own horizon because I think anyone who says that they are an expert in a cuisine is lying because you the cuisine itself is so big you cannot be an expert yeah. in anything, right? Like think about what our grandmothers made. I don't even know what my grandmother used to make. You know, I lost her when I was a little baby. Yeah. So all the recipes and everything that were authentic to her are gone with her. Yeah. You know. So what I am now making is my version of what I know is Indian food. So that's what I like to teach people. I, I do a complete, nothing is watered down. In fact, today in my cooking class, I was telling people, this is, I'm teaching you food that I cook at home. Nothing is watered down. Everything is made with love. Everything is comforting. And I, I, I really talk to people about, I really like to talk about the fact that we are living in an age where we can actually afford not to eat. We can choose to go on a diet. Like we can choose... Like, you know, I know so many people who are constantly dieting some sort of the other. And I just feel that how have we reached this stage where our relationship with food has become so bad that we want to deprive ourselves of something we work so hard for and not eat. Right. So that's what I try to do with my cooking classes, show people that you can actually cook uh, decent Indian food at home with minimal amount of spices. And that if you make that food with love, it's not going to be bad for you. So that's another passion. And then music. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned music. And I'm always surprised when people actually, I get so many messages from people telling me that they love my music selection. And I love that because I think I have a very eclectic taste in music. I don't uh, consider myself uh, any kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm not, a. I will say I'm a music buff. I enjoy music, but I don't have like a genre that I really particularly, I like different kinds of music and my music is like my food. It depends on my mood, right? So I will listen to Tamil songs, even though I do not understand a word of Tamil. I have no clue, but I will listen to so many Tamil songs that I love. I will listen to Bengali songs. I understand Bengali a little bit. So I'll, I have one or two favorite songs. I listen to a lot of Marathi music absolutely beautiful Marathi music, Hindi, Urdu, so there's Coke Studio, which is like, and again, Coke Studio, I have some favorites that I will listen to, and English, obviously, um, and again, in English, I have my, you know, mood swings, and according to how I'm feeling, my music changes quite a lot. Uh, I listen to a lot of classical, in Indian classical music as well, so yeah, so absolutely, music is my thing. I... I will, I listen to music every day. In fact, I go for long walks just to listen to music because that's the only time I get to really switch off. So that's, yeah. So those, those are my passions <laughs> in life. Yeah, so, so interesting and beautifully you've explained about each of those things. Uh, one Thank thing you. I've always noticed from what you've shared is how unbiased you are. I think you had a post long time back. I think you were visiting Bangalore and how you just appreciated filter coffee and uh, oh, every my other God. <laughs> don't Don't say that loudly because Chai will hear it and get offended. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the only time we can cheat on Chai is if we have a filter coffee. Yeah, of Club course, pie. right? <laughs> Yeah, filter coffee is like just this beautiful luscious drink oh, that yeah. I think everyone needs to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not a coffee person, but if there is filter coffee, I will yeah. go for that. And uh, may it breaks my heart that uh, people go to no, nothing wrong again. Everybody here have, can make their own choice, but overpriced sugary coffee is yeah uh, not the exactly. first thing you should try if you come to Bangalore, especially. Exactly, exactly. 
Um, so you're very unbiased. Also, I, you mentioned that you will try local food. And I always find that that's so important that we try local food. We try without comparing, like how sometimes our parents do, right? I mean, my dad, oh, yeah. if he eats <laughs> anything remotely, he eats very simple Maharashtrian food. They are from Maharashtra. Yeah. Or have Maharashtrian influence. So yeah. they eat simple Maharashtra food. And if I order noodles, he will compare yeah. it to something. Or if I order pasta, he'll ha- he has to make that association in his head with, okay, this is like this in our cuisine. So without doing that, uh, appreciating food is so important. You know, I keep coming back to the fact as to how lucky we are. We can choose yeah. to eat and not eat, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, when I was growing up, my food choices were limited to what my mother made right or what our neighbors made because in those days your neighbors gave you food like if my anu auntie was my bengali neighbor was making something at home yeah. we will get a small katori of dal or some shukto or some uh, bhaja or mach something that she was making or if my mother my mother was a tuition teacher so she used to go and teach people who were sindhi that sindhi households and every time she would come back especially sindhis make some really amazing food and it's such a shame that that's another cuisine that's being overshadowed by North Indian food. Um, and so I would just, she would just get that food and we would grow up eating that. And then I got married to a Maharashtrian and my mother-in-law is the most amazing cook in the world. I had just, I was in India last last week I returned and she had just made a very simple takaji kadi, which is basically a yogurt, yeah. like a drink, like a, which you eat with rice basically. And I cannot tell you, Varsha, I hand on my heart, I had tears in my eyes <laughs> that it was so, so delicious. And she loves making it for me because I eat it with so much happiness, right? Yeah. So the, every time I went, she was making takachi curry or ukadi modak, or she makes this beautiful fish curry uh, or, you know, things that she knows I would appreciate because that's what it is, right? You, you have to appreciate what you're eating. I, I mean at least food should be non-judgmental right somewhere we should take our judgment and bias out and I was visiting Himachal Pradesh and I wanted to eat a Himachali thali somewhere but I didn't because I've never eaten Himachali food I'm so ashamed to say that but I couldn't eat it but where I was staying you know my brothers in the forces and they where he's based they eat a lot of Nepali food so we ate a lot of Nepali food and my mind was blown. Like how yeah. come there is this, you know, amazing cuisine? How, how have I not eaten it? And why are the Nepalis in Sydney selling Nepali yeah. food as Indian? Why are they not selling it as Nepali food, right? Like there's only one or two really good Nepalese restaurant over here that actually serve good Nepalese food, to be honest. But most of them are like selling it as Indian food. And I'm thinking, yeah, we need to all be, and Indians do the same, right? Like, uh, if you go to a South Indian restaurant in Sydney, all you will see is dosa. There is one or two big chains over here, uh, which are d- big chains from restaurants. I don't want to name them, but their food quality is so bad. And I've eaten that food at the same restaurant in Bangalore or in Singapore. Singapore has an amazing Indian you know, yeah. cu- cuisine scene. And it just makes me so sad that, you know, uh, so, so, so that's why when I try to eat, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, to be honest, Varsha, authentic is a very uh, loaded word because what does authentic mean? We are in, I'm in Australia. I'm not yeah. going to get authentic Depends Indian food. But yeah. what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say is unless the food is really bad, just eat it, 
right? Like, <laughs> don't don't have a judgment yeah. and eat what you're getting locally. Like, if I'm going to Himachal Pradesh and going to a McDonald's to eat in Himachal Pradesh, like, what? So I try as much as I can to eat as much local food as I can. I eat a lot at home. Um, yeah. Very rarely do I go out unless I have friends who are meeting me out. Most of my closest friends know that they have to call me home and feed me. And I'll happily eat food uh, that they've made. But um, yeah, as much as local, uh, because, you know, it will be good, you know, mostly unless the food is really bad and the person who's making is making it is having a bad day. But as much local food as you can. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And uh, I've seen some of your posts where you clearly had a long day, but food is your antidote. That's how you wind down. I mean, the last thing you want to do after having a long day is cook a meal, hot meal. But then it looks like you enjoy doing that. That gives you comfort. That helps you wind down. Totally, totally. Because, uh, yeah, we all work hard for what? To put food on our table right although having said that I'm being very honest I take a lot of shortcuts I eat a lot of leftovers so I'll make food in bulk and we'll eat it for three four days because um, obviously over here we don't have the luxury of getting help or getting fresh things delivered to us it is an effort to go and get everything make sure you're planning everything Um, and if you had a long day at work it can be exhausting I try to make as food as fresh as I can but uh but it does help me. Like I don't struggle cooking. I, I'm not the best cook, to be honest. I, I I cannot tell you that you will eat my food and you will love it, but you will feel the love that I'm putting because that it's going in my stomach. So <laughs> I have to put love in it, right? Otherwise, I'm not nourishing my body. Well, if your pictures are anything to go by, I don't think it can your food <laughs> can not be delicious. No, no. Um, it I have I have so many instances I'm telling you where I just eat my own food and think hmm okay this could have been better or this could have been done differently but it's okay we all have our days right sure 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 and uh, all that effort counts for something at the end of yeah the day. totally and end of the day it's money spent time spent yeah. so uh, just suck it up and eat it <laughs> yeah yeah and the other thing you mentioned was how you enjoy you are that person who loves to eat and people like to feed uh, you are you would be a dream to host for my mom because she loves again <laughs> feeding people and if she finds a person who really appreciates the food she, she makes uh, there is one person that uh, a family friend who always he, he lives in Bombay comes sometimes to my hometown and whenever he stops by my mom makes simple fresh food and he will not even drink water at the end of the meal because he wants to savor the taste and he will talk about the food that he had the last time and so you are I think a person like that who would enjoy eating i would hope so i want because see it's not just cooking it's also appreciating what is being cooked for you right so yeah. i will share something very personal i have a habit of i savor my food right so i will make noises as i'm eating so i'll go oh my god this is so delicious so the running joke in my family and friends is that they will all tease me and they will all go, okay, so Bhavna's eaten this and now she's going to go, oh my God, <laughs> because that's yeah. that's the kind of person I am. So yeah, um, yeah. so I, I really enjoy it. You know, I have no shame in sitting there and people looking at me as I'm digging my way through, through a meal. Um, 
yeah i i i think i'm a good <laughs> good guest i don't know anything else but i would like to think i'm a good guest so yeah um well that really shows the passion i mean if you like to cook cook with love and like eat and eat without judgment that makes you a perfect person to start a food business i would say <laughs> so can you tell a little so. a little bit about the business you mentioned how why you started it but what does it take to sustain i think you have a day job so how do you sustain yeah. it what are the challenges you face what gives you joy i think you know i always feel that till you are not in someone's shoes you have no idea how hard things can be uh it's not easy setting up a food business especially in australia because there are so many loopholes over here there's so many things that you have to consider like uh you know in india you could just make food and sell the bus and people will buy it over here that's just not happening okay. so there was a lot of it took me first of all a lot of time researching that that's what i wanted to do then i had to make sure i got all my certifications that i had to do in place to even launch that business and then you know the time and money so one thing i realized is and i don't know whether it's an indian thing but we think we can do everything like you don't want to part with your hard earned money to do something because you feel okay i can do this i can do this i can do this so one thing very early on in my journey i realized i have a full time job i look after my house i have to do everything i can't do everything in my business also so what i did was initially i outsourced stuff so i actually hired someone to do a lot of research for me do a lot of market research for me i hired someone to develop the website i hired someone to logo so again one thing you're doing is you're supporting other small businesses as you are growing and then you grow as well so because one thing i have realized is you can't grow alone you have to take other people and grow with you so i started that and i mean there's a lot of uh, lot of prep to be honest it it takes around 12 hours to do one cooking class from start to finish when i say start to finish it's the admin stuff that you have to do before the class it's all the prep work that you have to do all the again you know i have to decide how do i want to run the class so there's a template that i have to follow so i have a proven template that works for me i have different types of classes and because then it becomes easy to manage change right so again this is where my corporate hat comes in change management so it's uh, what happens if the dal doesn't come out the way it's supposed to be or what happens if the masala is not cooked properly right so obviously making sure that your template works is important and it takes a lot of trial and error and then making sure that you are considering your guests in mind like if someone is coming to make butter chicken learn butter chicken and i'm not teaching butter chicken have i communicated that to the guest are they going to be disappointed if i don't make it are they going to leave me a bad review because nowadays it's so easy just to go online and leave a bad review for someone right without even thinking of how it will impact a really small business or even a big business for that matter so there's a lot of as i said uh, that work goes into it to figuring out what needs to be done then there's all the prep work making sure that you are buying things that you can afford like uh you have to make some profit from that business so keeping a tab of that making sure that you the space that you're running your business from is up to a standard so you have to maintain that space whether it's a cooking school or you're doing it from your home you know and then running the class properly making sure all the people who come are on the same page at the same time because everyone has a different learning ability 
you know, you sometimes will find people who will just get bored, you know, during class and you can see them dozing off if, if they are not doing something. So you have to keep people engaged. You know, you have to constantly keep chattering. I have, you know, I become this drama queen who's cracking jokes and laughing and, you know, doing all of that because I need my guests to be entertained. I want them to have an experience. I want them to feel, oh, wow, this was something amazing that we did, right? Because it's five hours of their time. And then sitting down and eating, making sure the food that I'm eating is good. Did everything work out as I wanted them? And once all of that is done, then you have the next step, cleaning up everything, admin, sending them emails. So doing the, you know, I always find that a lot of people would think, oh, what is she doing? She's just teaching people how to cook Indian food. That is very easy to do. You know what? It's not. And I always, I, I invite anyone who has that judgment or who feels, oh, we can also do this to try and do it and do it professionally. Because if I, I'm not, I'm not a mom and pop shop. I am trying to establish a business and a brand. And, and in today's world, if that's what I want to do, I have to meet a certain standard. I have to make sure that when people come, like people expect a different service from Starbucks than they would be from a chaiwala on the street, right? Although the chaiwala's chai might be more delicious, but there's a different standard of service that you expect. So when you're charging a certain amount and you are advertising yourself as this person who knows Indian food, even though you're not an expert, you people have come with expectations, you know? And it's amazing to change their mind. It's amazing to show them, oh, you know what? An Indian home is like this. You know, it's not what you thought. So they come with those preconceived misconceptions and Indian food can be so simple and you don't need 50 spices to make one dish, you know? So I, so, so it is challenging, to be honest, to run a business. I have many sleepless nights. I have to plan the shit out of everything. I'm sorry, I don't know if I can swear, but like it is nine o'clock in the night here in Sydney and That's I have thing. to now now do the admin for my class that I did today and prepare for the next class already, which is one week away, but I have to start the admin today so that I'm prepared, right? So it's a lot of hard work and uh, I have a lot of respect now for small businesses because it takes an immense amount of effort to run it and make it profitable. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Small businesses, as they need so much uh, support because of the effort that goes in, because it's mostly being run single-handedly or with the support of, let's say, family or friends. Yeah. And uh, your intention or your, uh, you know, helping other small businesses is, is wonderful. I think, does that also make you a perfectionist in that case? Because from the menu, I, I'm assuming that you also have the freedom of choosing what you want to eat. Yeah, like you of mentioned. course. So you plan the menu, menu, you take care of so many things, small details, I would imagine. Yeah, correct. And you want it to happen in a particular way. Uh, you have that idea in your mind. Yeah. So are you a perfectionist? Not in the bad sense of the word. Perfectionist in the sense, a way of doing things, how you have thought in your mind. So if you go with the dictionary of what a perfection, dictionary meaning of what a perfectionist is, I'm not. I'm far from a perfectionist. But as far as my business is concerned, I'm very clear about what I want to achieve and how I want to run it. Uh, as I said, you know, I've got five hours to show people how to cook. Everyone is different in that class. Some people are just there to have fun. Some people want to actually learn. 
and you can have a class where you have different people and someone is really talkative and chatty and there's someone who's not talking at all so i have i have to make sure that i'm involving everyone and doing it in a way that everyone gets something out of it right so i in that sense i have to be a perfectionist i have to make sure that i'm getting people back on track i have to make sure that my chola or chana comes out exactly like it every single time that is how it needs to come even though it is made by different people every single time so i have to control it right so i have to control the cooking process i have to make sure i'm watching everything like a hawk you know and if there's a disaster then what do i do right so i have to also have some contingency plans to think okay you know what what if someone comes in my class and they have an allergy and they haven't told me about the allergy and they've just turned up now what do i do do i send them away and say here go go and i can't do the class or do i now change things to cater to these people again that's something i really control a lot i make sure that i'm really prepared and i ask questions and everything but you know things happen so yeah, yeah. so it's uh, i would say as far as my business is concerned yes i'm a perfectionist because i need to get the same results every time yeah and i think that makes or get, grow organically and become you hear of all these businesses which last for 80 years 90 years and then you think how have they maintained the same quality why do people mm. go back to the same shop probably because they they first of all started off having those convictions and doing it yeah. the way they wanted to and then not deviating from it decade on decade i suppose yeah and see for me the thing is as you you picked up earlier i have a full time job right monday to friday i do have a job i am not you know how everyone talks about following your dream leaving the corporate rat race i don't want to do that i love my corporate job i need that money you know i will be a fool to let go of my salary yeah. uh you know and uh, i have been in this organization that i'm working with for over a decade i've almost 15 years so i have a lot of equity in my organization in my role so i don't want to give all that up because i have this business to follow because right now everything is so shaky everything is so volatile you need money to sustain yourself yeah. so what if my if my business doesn't work how am i going to eat right or if yeah. my job kicks me out what am i going to do next so yeah. for me i think uh, it's just having that balance i have not put any pressure on myself as far as my yes i want my business to grow but my life is not depending on it at the moment at least maybe yeah. if my life depended on it i would change the way i'm doing things maybe then i will be more aggressive with my social media with my marketing but i have taken out the pressure to perform on social media from myself as far as my business is concerned people are finding me out of social media people are approaching me i'm booked out uh, i think that's success yeah you know so 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 that's for me that works yeah and uh that is i think that is a nugget of wisdom there where you don't give up your like you mentioned to follow your passion unless you are born talented for it and then yeah. or otherwise that's that's something that or otherwise do, you can still, afford to do it yeah, right like yeah, yeah. how many of us can leave our jobs and no. go in a business like i read stories where people say oh they didn't have money and i think how did you survive how did you pay yeah. your rent if you had no money or how did you i mean look you know good kudos to you that you did it but i can't like yeah, i need yeah. to pay rent every single month i need to support my family so if i'm not doing this job and i'm focusing like for example today i had a class of six and two people didn't turn up oh. so i now i'm running 
and have two empty seats that's yes. lost yeah if that if this if i like my life depended on this business i would be sweating yeah. right so True. so because and that's why i feel it's important to have a safety net and my job is my safety net so that's why that pressure to perform is not there yeah 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 and it also gives you a lot of freedom when you have these, okay. something to fall back on uh, otherwise yeah it would give you sleepless nights and you won't be able to focus on what you set out to you know follow as a passion Yeah. um uh, i was going to ask you about your experience with social media which you spoke a little bit about uh, yeah. but at i like to that how has the response been to your business just share a few testimonials if you would about you um okay so for me i think a lot of those people who follow me on social media actually follow me from india so a lot of people have not really come for my class but i feel people come to my instagram account for my words to read what i'm writing and that's very gratifying to be honest as far as my business and social media is concerned i sometimes do get inquiries i do have people who have found me on instagram and then message me and say can we come for a class or can you do this for us and so on or i've gotten some work with some brand because of my social media one of the biggest what do you say commendation that i have got is when people have come for my class and they they come back again or when people have i've had people who follow up there's this beautiful young lady who follows me from italy her partner lived in sydney and when i started doing the cooking class uh, the pop up dinners she was traveling to sydney and she booked herself in and then she went back and covid happened and she couldn't return to sydney for 2 years and then finally when she came back after 2 years when things were still hard and we were still in lockdown she was in quarantine in sydney and she messaged me and she said i am dying to eat your food can you do a session for us and she paid me to come and eat my food and for me wow what can be more amazing that yeah. here is this person who's not even from india and she's only eaten my food once and it stayed with her so much that she wants to come back and eat it again and then i've had couples who've come for my pop up dinners like this is young gentleman who's who's actually indian his girlfriend is indian and uh, she loved my pop up dinner so much he's like you know it's her birthday i want to surprise her can you do a cooking class for us and for me as an indian to teach another indian is always worrying because what can i teach an indian but when they are willing to pay the money that i'm asking for to come and be a part of the experience i'm sharing it's it's an amazing validation that really gives you an high you know that really makes you think okay maybe i am doing something right that they want to pay and come back again yeah right so th- so that would be a success story if i would say like yes, i have yes definitely have good good reviews but when people come back again for me that is a success story or when yeah. someone comes and tells me this was even better than what i expected like i had someone come in today and he said i never knew that indian food could be this delicious i have never eaten better indian food and i'm like wow okay you know this is something that is so, so so all that hard work that i do then becomes worth it because i'm actually getting people giving me amazing feedback yeah and that's your goal isn't it to teach indian food to teach the way you want to your vision exactly to uh, the authentic, 
authenticity in the sense of what real indian food as we know it is as long as if they see the point or if they taste it at the end of your class i think that probably must be exactly i mean obviously there will be something they might not like or there will be someone who will think everything is crap right yeah. but at least i have done my best to give them an experience and i always feel that people are not paying for the food they're paying for the experience yeah so i have True. to i have to i have to put on a show right it's a show True. so so yeah. Uh, yeah i mean if i go for a cooking class and i eat bad food and i have a bad experience you know i'm not going to enjoy but if the food was average but the experience was still amazing i will talk about it right yeah so yeah so yeah i feel you're like again i'm making all these claims but um, <laughs> i'm just saying this based on a little little interaction that we've had but i think you're an amazing communicator in general and you're an artist i would say because the pictures so you say you said people come to your instagram because of what you write but it also is because of how uh, you display your pictures or you know how you set it up probably uh, even if it is a candid shot it's so nice if there's steam coming out of a cup of tea uh, when the sun is shining it's it's art right um, i think you have art uh, in you shows um i think it's uh, it's developed to be honest it was not there always it's taken time i think what happened was when i started sharing my food pictures i, I became better as a writer i became better at talking about what i was doing and i became better at shooting pictures if i look at the old food photographs that i have oh my god they mortify me uh i still use my phone to take most pictures i don't use my camera at all i have no time or energy uh, my pictures are like my food uh, sorry like my writing the best shots come naturally to me i'm sitting somewhere i'll see something and i'll click and it just works although having said that i you know a lot of times people will <laughs> write to me and say oh what camera do you use you have great pictures and i feel like saying you know what if it was a camera even a monkey would be able to take good pictures like you know it is how you what you're looking at in whatever you're clicking right like i love doing nature photography quite and i, I think i should i should admit that's a passion as well i love taking i love taking pictures of trees and sky and then writing poetry and it's it's another lovely passion of mine which i really really enjoy um but you need to have that eye yeah you know there's a word in urdu called nazakat and thehra which is you need to appreciate the beauty and you need to pause also to appreciate it har jagah you can't remove your phone and start going click 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 right you need to also be in that moment yeah. and then when the when the time comes when something beautiful comes in front of you then you take a picture and then again what am i showing people i want them to see what i am seeing right so if i'm taking just a random click and i don't know what i'm clicking or what i'm doing even you will not get it and yeah. i think that's why i feel that you know a lot of times people will tell me oh your pictures are very good like you know whatever poetry i'm sharing the match it does because i'm actually trying to show you that poetry i'm trying to point out to what i looked at um but yes i'm still not a very good photographer i think real photographers will laugh at me because i don't use a camera because taking a picture with the camera is an art not with a phone you know uh, yeah. but i'm learning you know i'm yeah learning. it is and and in today's day and age with Uh, everybody having a camera everybody yeah. having a camera which is better than the better next than, one yeah everyone else's uh, yeah so everybody is a photographer everybody has a voice i feel like uh, how you portray something everybody is a photographer according to me exactly um 
and and i like the ones which are which show the mood as it is without any filters yeah. those moody yeah. pictures are something that are so rare these days because you have to look for uh, i mean there are millions of pictures you scroll through but uh, if if that mood doesn't somehow convey to you Come those through pictures it. exactly yeah it's very difficult to stop and stare at it for you know 5 minutes otherwise you just scroll <laughs> because again if you look nowadays everyone's pictures also look the same right yeah. like yeah. Yeah. Uh, again again i'm not taking pictures of me it's yeah. take, it's pictures of objects that are uh, you know abstract or objects that are like nature or a tree or a sky or a river or a tree whatever and uh, how do i make that look beautiful because again there are a million pictures of tree and sky and sun and yeah. everything right so yeah. so that's where you as a photographer again and i'm sounding so pompous when i say this okay. but you as a photographer and i'm using the word photographer not because i am but i am taking a photograph is what are you trying to show to others so if yeah. i can show you what i was seeing i think i've done a good job right yeah. and i'm yeah. then standing out from everyone else yeah at least at least for the few minutes that someone's looking at my picture right yeah it's true and uh, yeah when you know what to share and what to keep to yourself i was i was going to move to anonymity uh, you mentioned yeah. that you don't show yourself there's i don't think there are any picture at least i haven't seen i don't I think there are two, two, three pictures of me on my profile, three or four pictures on my, in the, in the few thousand photographs I have, I have four yeah. pictures of me. Yeah. So clearly that is intentional. You only talk about what you like. It's not, you don't want to be out there. You don't want to, I would hazard a guess that you are an introvert who chooses to be an extrovert sort of thing. Um, True, because... sorry go on no no go ahead it's it is a choice it is intentional because i don't want people to know everything about me not sure. because i'm trying to be mysterious but i mean i grew up in a time where you had only one or two friends with whom you shared everything yeah uh everything was private and now everything is in public we watch people again no judgment if it works for someone it works for them like you know you watch people having children the children are growing up on social media you are seeing seeing private things that people go through their everything is just it's become like a movie right you're watching all these yeah. movies of different people and their different characters everyone is living in this beautiful dream they all have stunning houses everyone wears amazing clothes and people are wearing clothes and taking pictures of themselves in these clothes every single day and they all have amazing skin amazing hair their partners are amazing their kids are beautiful their dogs are pretty their houses are amazing and I, and i feel like everyone's just, it's the same thing that everyone's doing so i don't have all of that you know i have a very simple actually simple and a complicated life i go through a lot of struggles a lot of emotional struggles family job this that but who cares about my struggles who needs to know that i'm going through yeah. this except me right and i have a handful of friends who i can pick the phone i can call them and tell them look i'm going through this or hey you know i'm in a bad mood and they will listen to me they'll cheer me they'll talk to me and support me or they'll kick my ass and say just get out of this i think that's a good place to be rather than putting it on social media and having so many people look at what i'm doing and judge me and 
I mean, I don't want to be private, but it's the only way I think now to be because who cares about what I'm yeah. thinking all the time, what I'm eating all the time, how amazing my partner is. Oh, look at this beautiful pet that I have or look at this, you know, these amazing set of clothes that I have. No one cares. Right. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. do sometimes will show my shoes or my something when I'm in the mood, but not always. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not living for Instagram. Yeah. Or at least trying not to. The urge to somehow show everything, share everything is reached its heights, I feel. like Just the urge. It, even before you've uh, lived that moment, it, let's say you're in the middle of a forest or you're on a mountain, even before you've absorbed that scenery in front of you in your eyes or close your eyes and just try to take a mental picture, you've posted it already posted it right and exactly what I was saying earlier with me taking pictures you also have to be in that moment first to be able to click it so how can I show someone what I am seeing if I have not seen it properly myself yeah also posting pictures of like how many poses can I take to show myself right I'm not very good at uh, uh, self-portraits I hardly even hardly even have my own pictures in my phone like if I gave you my phone I have around 15,000 pictures on my google photos and I have out of those 15,000 I may have like two three hundred pictures which have me and my fam- like family uh, yeah you know it's just it's it doesn't work for me so I don't put pressure on myself yeah and it's like inviting trouble I feel like on most days again I not pointing at anybody everybody does what they want if you want to overshare share if you want to yeah you're good fine. for you yeah yeah if, you, if you're fine facing the consequences if you have the tools to face whatever comes on social media good for you but how how do they manage i don't, I don't understand once they share or maybe that is how it is where i feel like i'm i think old. i think it's <laughs> uh i think to each is their own to be honest yeah. sometimes yeah. even i think like i'll read something and then I catch myself being judgmental and I have to stop and say, you know what, Bhavna, this is not for you, but yeah. that doesn't mean it's, it doesn't work for yeah. someone else. Right. Yeah. It's true. So, so I think we have to remind ourselves of that, that we need to really live and let live. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I, I find sometimes people don't agree with someone and they'll leave a bad comment or they'll read a, leave a rude comment. What's the need? If you don't yeah. like it, just move on. Yeah. Yeah. Just move on. So if I don't like someone, posting something I don't waste my energy anymore earlier you know when in the early days I should get really angry and rallied up and I would just want to write something and then I realized again that's me wasting my energy I only have 24 hours in a day in the 24 hours I have to cook clean wash do a job think about a business eat feed sleep read and then if I'm going on internet and wasting my time giving my opinion to something that has no impact on my life yeah whose loss is it it's my loss yeah 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 uh that is also a skill i feel like which we have oh you learn yeah 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 there are so many times i'm on twitter and i'm like somebody says something about south indian food and i'm like have you had authentic food i I mean, yeah. I, I, I just want yes. to type and then I say, just move on, remove the comment, yeah. uh, remove or don't follow that person. If you don't agree with them, don't follow that Exactly. Person. Like and we don't have liberating. to agree with everything. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The art of not giving a shit is very yeah. liberating. Yeah, it, it frees you. Yeah. It does. Like I remember early Facebook days, we used to get in discussion. Sometimes when I go back on Facebook and read some of the comments <laughs> I have written, it shocks me that this was me right like those were the days and you wanted to be cool you wanted your opinion to be heard you were on some group and 
you wanted to be a part of the cool group right and yeah, you yeah. so you the only way to do that was express openly and show how intelligent you are till you realize you know what i'm just wasting my time yeah, yeah. no one is impressed it's, it's all of us bored and you know we just trying to just do something that's not real and yeah yeah and then uh, ek ek bar facebook chhut gaya to life liberating ho yeah, yeah, but yeah. then Insta- instagram and then instagram came in and became an addiction as well so i'm now trying to be a uh, uh de instagram myself hi i'm bhavna i used to be an instagram addict but i'm learning yeah. not to now it's like of course you can remain anonymous you can you, you can choose to stay away which i first of all i i'm doing this podcast but this is after mm-hmm. years of contemplating do i want to put myself out there do i want my picture on instagram saying that i'm i'm talking to people i i keep thinking of do i want to do youtube where i show my interests mm. and then so many times i've moved on i'm like that's not for you that's not for you that's not for you uh, so this uh, urge to do something online i think we have to really question or rather uh, go through diligently and then if it is for you which is probably then do it. so exactly, many people are right? online and and they're good at it exactly like and i see so many amazing trying. yeah and and you know what some of them will get there or yeah. someone's them will be like me and they'll realize you know what this is not for me yeah. i would rather focus on what i'm good at so for example something like videos and reels right yeah. Yeah. it require it's a lot of hard work yeah so people who churn that content every day oh my god hats off to them because yeah. it is a hard work it is i just i can't do it i don't have the patience or the energy i tried doing it a few times it didn't work for me it was just not worth the effort for me so i thought you know what okay i'm not going to do this so i'm just sticking to what i can do which is right yeah. yeah and some days my writing gets click it clicks and people will read it and love it and some days it's just another person writing something random on social media and no one cares right so yeah yes understanding that is just very liberating it's true it's true um so we'll move on to what i really wanted to understand since i see that you write so beautifully about different emotions uh you're so when you choose to you're so open about how you feel which is uh, articulating how you feel is first of all it's so difficult but i feel like you get it right so many times there are things you mention or describe uh, an emotion which is so uh, beautifully put uh, so i wanted to understand about your thoughts about mental health and in general about women because that's an area of interest where i like to know how women think what women are doing basically is Uh, what women are going through fellow like generation or the younger generation or the older generation i am interested in that topic so i would want i think uh, first of all i think we are very privileged that we had a chance to get good education right like i my mother has not done even half of the things that i have done and she's my mother and then i can only imagine my grandmother and great grandmother right what they have probably not done so i think as a woman we struggle to survive on a daily basis the fact that we are allowed to born is a big deal right and then we get if we are lucky we get parents who educate us and then it's us right you're in that big bad world you know on your own and i for me um, it's really important i wish i could go back and tell my 18 year old self to focus more on me i wish that i can tell other women that a man or another human being cannot be the reason for our, for our existence 
our identity is our own. I don't think I'm, and that's also one reason why I do business because I love my job, but I'm more than a project manager, right? Like tomorrow when I retire, who am I going to be? Am I going to be an ex-project manager or I'm going to be just someone who's retired now and staying at home? I want to be more than what what I'm supposed to be, you know? And I think we all have it in us. I see so many women who are so like especially the younger girls today like I'm 42 and I look at the girls who are like 20 25 and they're so sorted some of them and I look at them and I feel so inspired and I always tell young you know my younger friends and I always tell it 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 makes me very happy when I see a woman doing her best to make it in the world obviously you know we have to support each other we are not going to get along with every single woman but or every single man but if we can only, if we can't lift each other up, we just take, make the effort to not bring the other person down. I think we have any enough challenges anyways to fight on a daily basis than having women, you know, putting each other down. So over a period of time, after having some bad experiences and learning, I think it's not bad experiences. I think that's a wrong word to use. Learning, maybe. I have realized that we need to be really proud of who we are. We need to understand that there's a space for everyone to grow. Jealousy, insecurity really has no place because it's just, you just screw your mind. No one else's. Um, You need to support other women. If you can't support them, don't say anything negative about them. Don't look at a woman working hard and say, I can also do, I can also do this. Or, you know what, this is so easy. Anyone can do this. Like you are ridiculing someone's hard work. If you are not in that position and you have not done it, who are you to say anything? So I believe that we should not be putting anyone down. And mental health is, oh my God, top priority. It's a shame that our parents could not get therapy. If our parents could get therapy, I think a lot of our tra- trauma would have been avoided. Um, I mean, look at our, and I'm talking especially about our generation, right? Like we, I grew up in a very middle-class, small home, um, very patriarchal setup, but my mother really worked hard to become something. But my mother never thought about herself. She only lived for us. Yeah. And now, now she's so emotionally dependent. I love my mother. I love her to death. But I wish my mother cared for herself. I wish she looked after her mental health. I wish she invested some time. I'm like, my mother doesn't even have a sports shoe. So just goes to show yeah. how little our parents cared about themselves. Their only aim in life was shadi ho gai, bacche ho gai. Now we have to make the children grow. And once the children are grown, we're now going to worry about our grandkids. Like you see so many old Indian couples here. Young kids will get their parents over for delivery. Like, you know, and the parents are sitting here. They have no life here. They're alone. They're just looking after the grandkids. And I feel like, why do our parents not stand up for themselves? Why do they not say, you know what? I'm happy where I am. I don't, you look after your own kids. You know, I have done yeah. enough, you know. Um, again, this comes to the fact that mentally we are not strong enough to support ourselves. A lot yeah. of Indian parents depend on their kids for everything because they've given everything to their children, right? And yeah. now it's like, and, and I see my own parents, right? Dude, my own mother do that so much. And I wish I could make my mother stronger and, Uh, look after herself a little more emotionally you know so mental health oh my god and especially now with COVID it's become such a like I went home and I realized for the first time that my mother suffers from anxiety 
that she suffers from severe anxiety yeah. you know and all i could think was oh my god how can i help her and i talked to her about therapy and she just huh, isme kyu paise waste karne right so they don't even consider themselves valuable enough to talk to someone yeah. like you know or if she has to spend some money on something jaane do i will not spend money on this and i always tell my mother like don't you feel you deserve it you know because we also become our mothers in a lot of way and i sometimes catch myself telling myself i don't deserve things you know uh so yes i would like to tell all women that we really need to reevaluate our life i am not someone to preach my god i have so much work to do on myself but we really need to reevaluate who we are we really need, need to reevaluate our friends who are we hanging out with i think it's important you need to look at who your closest friends are who know your secrets will they take your secrets to grave or will you be always worried you've told them something you shouldn't have are they uplifting you are you uplifting them or you're just meeting and gossiping you know gossiping about other people are you adding value to each other's life i all my friends over here in sydney i was in fact telling someone yesterday it's such a weird coincidence that all my friends in sydney are into fitness and when i say fitness i'm not saying that they're gym junkies but they all so when we meet we just go for a walk so my dates with my friends are walking dates where we will go for a walk we will rarely go out to eat we do but it's a walk because then you walk you talk you're getting your exercise in and and funnily all my closest friends do that and they don't know each other i am maybe the common thread but that's what we do and i suddenly realized because i'm on this journey when i want to be healthy suddenly the people i am associating with are also the same right so they are lifting me up i see my single girlfriends who are single mothers go for a run at 5 in the morning and i'm sleeping in bed at 7 and i look at them and i think Oh my god, Bhavna, come on, right? Like look at this woman. She yeah. has two kids and she's going for a run. What is stopping you? Yeah. You know? So it's yeah. inspiring. So associate with women who inspire you, you know, make you be the best version of yourself and hopefully kick your ass. If you are being vain, if you are being stupid, we need to have friends who tell us off and they tell us off in person and not on social media yeah, yeah. none of my close friends will comment on my social media my best friend follows me but she will never comment my other best friends like we have six of my closest friends are on social media but i don't even remember the last time they commented on a post of mine or told me oh your pictures are so wonderful because they see me right they know me they know who i am they know my struggles what i'm putting out on social media is just a small part of what i want to show strangers right so i think as women it is really especially in today's day and age because of what we put out there the kind of people who get attracted to us and troll us or you know we open ourselves to so much judgment yeah. and unless you're made of made of rock anything i do not give a shit about anyone judging me and i wish i was that person i'm not but uh, i'm just only going to associate with people who really know me and accept me so we really need to be those women yeah. supporting and supportive both the points that you've mentioned are true and especially about the parents and mental health it's such a it's it's that topic which now everybody in my family i i it mm. leads to a lot of argument but then like for example uh, same with my mom Uh, they do everything for the children but then now of course they enjoy their life as well they do what they want to do now but there are so many issues that they've not worked on over the yeah. years which exactly. at, at, at the drop of, like you say one line and it just uh, you know comes up and it goes everywhere 
So I keep telling everybody, go for therapy. Everybody go. <laughs> everybody has control and, and issues. Go for therapy. But exactly, and I feel that middle class Indian parents of my generation grew up feeling guilty all the time. Yeah. So they make you feel guilty if you spend money, your own yeah. money, right? If you yeah. work hard and yeah. you spend money, you're made to feel guilty because that's how they grew up. Yeah, their parents did that to them, so they did to us. Yeah, and like you know, I'm. I'll. My mother will still tell me, "Oh, don't do this. Why are you spending money here?" And I sometimes think, "But I am making this money, yeah. and I'm not blowing it away, and I'm not stupid. I'm. I'm very frugal. I don't spend money on a lot of things except maybe books. Yeah, but." still how our parents also judge us or you know and yeah. they have so much work to do on themselves yeah which and i think will not so, get done uh, at least not in this generation no, no, no. no they refuse they say we never needed help they are in this illusion that they overcome whatever problems they've had and they refuse yeah. to see that they have all these issues like anxiety um but yeah well you can just tell them and not cannot obviously force them uh, yeah. until it comes from them you cannot it doesn't work the definitely. only thing is for the next generation it would be if we can just teach a next generation yeah that would be good yeah and there was one more thing you said about women just being there for women in authentic ways again like i yeah. crave a good there is first of all i'm an introvert i think uh but i also enjoy socializing when yeah. i go out i enjoy it when i travel i enjoy it but getting out of the house is <laughs> takes a lot exactly um, but when i go to a party i hate those parties which or get togethers let's say if not parties where there is only surface level <laughs> conversation happening about school about uh, this problem or that problem or covid or one of the, those things there is no getting to know a person even if it is one small talk about topic about uh, this person going through let's say a marital issue right there's only mm. surface level talk or there is no deep conversations i hate those exactly <laughs> i come back feeling oh, i wasted two hours three hours of my time i feel like so i really appreciate when women or in general when people talk about things that matter so for me it's like what side are you showing me what what who are you as a person to me is really important and i'm only going to know that if i know know you in depth you know and i know what what ticks you what clicks you what moves you you know yeah. i want to know more than what you enjoy eating or who do you have a crush on i i want to know more about you as a person so and for that you need time right and you need to get away from your phone and social media yeah I, I, even in small towns now where uh, i don't oh, know if you know this ritual of haldi uh, kumkum right there are festivals yeah, where yeah, they call yes. now women get <laughs> get dressed up and come and when i go to my hometown all i see is them taking pictures in different areas and exactly and and that's people. what it is earlier people came together women would sit and talk yeah haldi yeah. kumkum was a way If you look at the tradition it was a way for women to just get away from their families yeah from yeah. their mother-in-laws from their children especially and children and just spend time with other women yeah yeah right but now you're right and you look at everyone is on their phone and yeah and you look look at that anything but and you know and it's unfortunate what's happening yeah, and i think if you are someone who's decided you know what this is not for you and you're not going to waste your time with it you have really done something in life i feel yeah and probably we are the last generation who knew how it was before uh, all these exactly. smartphones uh, smartphones took over our lives 
children won't know what it is like to have be away from a screen exactly exactly yeah. all right uh, i think we'll keep venting about this till <laughs> till <laughs> there is a balance home. yeah 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 um let's move on to the last few questions uh, i have another 30 minutes with you so if you could talk a little bit about your goals for this year let's say do you think about what you want to do are you that person who i i would assume that you plan a lot which you need to do for your business and everything so do you plan your year ahead do you have long term goals definitely i have long term goals i have short term goals uh goals are important because they give you something to do right i am very goal oriented because i want to wake up in the morning and i, I want to know uh, what i'm doing unfortunately yeah. i'm not the person i don't live in the moment the only time i live in the moment is i'm out walking <laughs> but otherwise i need to know what am i going to do like something with my job right do i want to be in this current role forever or do i want to you know do something else with it you know so with my business uh, is this something that i want to do every every day every year like i'm already spending every single weekend working i work on weekdays how long can i sustain this so i need to have a goal so that i can reach that goal and figure out okay now what next right so i feel it's really important to have a goal uh, at least that's how it works for me um i would be lost if i didn't have a goal yeah all right the last few things i want to know because you have i think especially because you said you pick and choose your books which is how <laughs> i like to read my books or listen to my books so any recommendations that you are you know what i have a a book review highlight on my instagram where i post a lot of the books that i like because again you know books themselves are so personal you know what i like there is no guarantee you are going to like the same thing that i am liking right also my reading taste is also very different for example i read a lot of non fiction you know i love a lot of history you know so there's a book that i had read last year i finished it's called empire of the indus which is written by a lady called alice albania she's a journalist and she traveled alone in pakistan and india looking at the trajectory of the indus river and for a woman to do that in a in a country a single woman alone to do that it is just mind blowing yeah you know so and the prose is beautiful the writing is really good um i i re- have read a lot of pre partition books so books like twilight in delhi uh, delhi by kushwan singh william derriempel's delhi so there's a lot of books that call delhi you know um then there is uh, obviously i'll read a lot of mughal history uh, yeah. a lot of mughal history you know and and suddenly there is this hatred for moguls and everything what we don't realize is that uh, a lot of these moguls like akbar was born in india you know like he was an indian yes his a lot of our forefathers came from other parts you know yeah. Yeah. and then we grew here like for example i'll call myself indian right because i grew up in india yeah. you know so i think it's really interesting how people like as someone wrote to me saying oh you're glorifying the moguls and i'm like no it's still a part of our history i we still need to read our history right it's so i it's a big part of history another book i would a book that i would recommend again is it's called tawayf nama 
it is by saba divan it is basically the she's actually researched the history of tawaifs or the courtesans you know and now when you think of tawaif you look at a gangubai movie where you know she's been reduced to a prostitute unfortunately the circumstances but if you look at the history where they come from who they were they were the gatekeepers of our culture yeah. you know uh, and how the british rule and uh, you know the nationalist movement really destroyed their livelihoods and it made them prostitutes because that was the only way they could feed their families yeah. so so the, so much interesting history and we are just you know we are fighting about stupid things we are fighting about religion but we are missing out what really happened you know yeah, yeah. um so these are the kind of books that i really read like i love uh, as i said reading about partition because such a painful period of time my own yeah. parents grandparents came from the other side of the of the bridge so reading oh. about that um you know some really wonderful books i have read uh I have like almost hundred books, uh, and I read a lot of different kinds of books. So, some more recommendations. There is Raj on the Move by Rajika Bhandari, which is a book on the dark bungalows. How the dark oh, bungalows came interesting. out. You know, I don't even think anyone anyone has you know read it. Yeah. So, how the dark bungalows came to be. So that was really interesting. Um, then uh, a lot of books by sadat hasan manto by it's just ismat chuktai these are people who really fought for you know in the way with literature they they talked about the time they were not scared about what happened to them yeah. you know if you read sadat hasan's book if you read ismat chuktai's books you'll be shocked like what these people went to to write their stories mm-hmm. now when you look at the people the news anchors and the biased opinions you think my god these people had guts yeah. and i'm talking about like 60 70 80 years ago times when women were not even allowed to have a voice and there are these women they're writing stories and they are just putting themselves out there you know yeah. so just quite amazing so there's so many It amazing is. books they're all on my book uh, highlights okay. Okay. i i do have a good reads page where i also share my reviews so if anyone is interested uh you just go and look for me on good reads um and you'll find me there okay. and you know you, you can you can just it's called girl from mumbai my profile okay. um and all my book reviews are there so yeah so if instagram ever goes down or i delete my instagram account you can find me on good reads <laughs> yeah thanks and uh, if you think of any other things you want to recommend like shows you watch or anything that that comes to mind which you want to share oh i read i i listen to a lot of podcasts i love i love podcasts okay. you know i listen to a lot of different topics on podcasts yeah so i keep myself abreast with indian uh, movies and indian shows there's this podcast called the awesome and the awful entertainment yeah, okay. rap <laughs> Yeah. Uh it's by News Laundry and it's really funny. I love yeah, I love yeah, that yeah. podcast. It's What's really, Sikri, really funny. Abhinandan Sikri. Uh, yeah, Abhinandan uh, Sikri and uh, Rajeshri Rajeshri. Rajeshri. She's Rajeshri. she's a riot actually. She's very funny. Yeah, I love her. <laughs> yeah. Then uh, then there's a podcast which every woman should should listen to. It's called uh, The Trap. Okay. It basically it basically talks about coercive control and how uh women mostly women because women are most women and i'm not making a generalized statement it's proven there are numbers out there are victims of domestic violence and domestic violence doesn't necessarily have to be 
physically abused. Yeah. It is also emotional. So there's a term called coercive control and how a lot of men and some women also will use that against you to control you. Okay. So it's called it's called the trap. It's very interesting because the journalist who's done it has got stories and they've got a lot of studies that they have. It's just really it will blow your mind as to okay. Okay. because you will actually go back into your past relationships and start looking at those things. Yeah. And hopefully your future relationships will be better because you you will know what to look out for. Because yeah. you know love is I feel love is very easy. We all fall in love very easily and we think love is the most amazing thing, but we forget that love <laughs> is also done between people, right? Yes. And when, when there are humans involved, there's always complications. So yes. it's interesting to do that. Another podcast that I really love is called The Unexplained uh, with Howard Hughes. He's a British podcaster. I am a big time believer in the paranormal and the supernatural. I love watching ghost movies I love listening to weird stories I'm one of those people right like if there is something out there so so uh, it's it's a very popular show it's called okay. The Unexplained by Howard Hughes uh, he's okay. got I think 600 or 700 episodes wow. um, yeah he's it's really amazing so you should I think yeah. 648 episodes very amazing then uh, there's the Seen and Unseen with Amit Varma, which is quite yeah. good. Uh, yeah. Again, an Indian podcaster, which he does some really amazing interviews, although his interviews are really long, yeah. but it's good. He's um, one of the inspirations because I've been listening to a lot of his podcasts yeah, he, and, and I like his long form. I don't agree with everything yeah, he says, but, a long but it's form, really yeah. good. Best ever. Yeah. So Exactly. And then um, I listen to a lot of local Australian podcasts, a lot of uh, a lot of murder mysteries and everything, whodunit. Uh, another podcast I would recommend is, is called Orgasmic Enlightenment. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. this okay. woman uh, who's a, who's a, talks about understanding your body and sex, especially for women, as to how you know, sex is also like so subjective for us and we are taught that, okay, this is not right and you cannot want pleasure, right? Like Mm -hmm. as a woman, how dare you want to get some some pleasure and which is such an important part of who we are as human beings, right? So, And there are a lot of misunderstandings when it comes to women's pleasure, I feel like. Exactly. And you just go and uh, you just go and watch... uh, uh, this Lisa Mangaldas, who's on Instagram, she's an amazing sexual coach, sexual health coach. If you just go and read the stuff that she does, or you go and look at Seema Anand, who's another, uh, she, she d- does a lot of storytelling on sex and uh, pleasure and everything. She's a this beautiful lady who, she's a mythologist and a storyteller, uh, lives in UK and you know, you should, if you read the comments that people put on her post, you think, my God, we are a generation of more than a billion people and we still really don't know. So awkward uh, with it still. So awkward. And we shame people, yeah. right? Like we yeah. shame, we are the country of Kama Sutra and we are ashamed yeah. to yeah. actually tell someone, oh, we're having sex. Like, it's like, what? Like, And, and just, again, think about this, Varsha. Think about your own friends. How many friends can you talk about your sexual health? How many friends do we have? in front of whom you can actually speak what's happening in your sex life. So yeah. it, that's another thing is women. It's important, yeah. you know, what's right, what's wrong. What are those danger signs that we need to look for? What's, what is it that, you know, is 
the right thing to do and what's not and if we yeah. don't talk to our peers and yeah. talk to our friends or our mothers who explain to us we are just putting ourselves up for failure or rejection or i don't know like you know i wish i yeah. was when i was growing up someone had given me this knowledge to understand yeah. what sex is what's the right thing to do what are the danger signs that you need to look for um you know i think i would have th- things would have been different for me but yeah, yeah. you know we learn we learn and i've learned and i'm older now and but sure. i wish i could go back and tell my younger self that okay you know it's true <laughs> that world out there yeah it's a big gap in uh, knowledge when it comes to that exactly. topic in our lives i feel like in most of our lives exactly right. and only uh, the mothers of today can talk to their daughters yeah. when they're growing up yeah. uh, imagine what how healthy and well-rounded women will we have last thing is <laughs> anything any words you want to leave us with anything you want to say any mantra something that has served you well in your life or recently um, so i so i'm also very spiritual i listen to a lot of spiritual music and a lot of mantras and a lot of chanting they bring me a lot of peace uh there's this buddhist teacher called ajahn brahma and uh, he said something that i always follow and that stays with me what you think of me is not my business and i think that is such a profound saying imagine if all of us just minded our own business and didn't worry about what others were thinking amazing imagine what a better place or or how happier would we be so true so simple and so true yeah and so hard to follow right so hard to follow <laughs> sorry true okay great words to end on i really really appreciate you taking time especially on a day like this you have work probably tomorrow morning um, yeah so thank you so much for sharing your time your insights i really really appreciate all that you shared and i wish Glad. you the best in your business for all the things you want to do in your life thank you so much uh, and uh, if you do come so to, Beng- to bengaluru i will make that dosa <laughs> with the okay. coffee at home and uh, we'll chat oh uh, would love it thank you so much yeah thank you Thank you for listening. Please check out the show notes for more information. If you have enjoyed listening, please spread the word through socials. If you have suggestions, words of encouragement or any other comments, please leave them on my social media. Thank you and namaskara.